You're listening to the New Hope Church podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in. Today's talk comes from Zach Killy. My name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors here at New Hope. And I uh, just want to give you a little spoiler alert on today's sermon. I'm not going to say anything new at all today. In fact, a lot of this you're probably going to be like, haven't we said this like a million times? Uh, yes, and we will continue to. Uh, the reason for that is it's the first week of the new year, and we got to refocus. We got to remember what we're all about here at New Hope. We got to remember what we're doing in the world and what our purpose is as God's people. And so I want to get right into it, and I want to start with uh, some verses from the Bible. They're going to be thrown up on the screen right here. Um, You can read along if you want, but uh, I'm just going to run right through them. I just kind of want you to just kind of listen and think on these things and see what you think of this. The first one, uh, for there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you believe that? Do we believe that? Is that true? Is that reality? Is that the word of God? Is that the grounding upon which every life, every truth stands? That's it. That's the basis. That's the reality. Is that it? Is that true? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Let me ask you this. Uh, you might remember me using this statistic, and the reason I'm using it again is it's the kind of statistic that should keep us up at night. Uh, 2.38 billion people of the 8 billion people in the world today say that they believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. That's 30%, roughly. Now let's keep in mind, of that 30% of people saying, I believe in Jesus Probably not all 30% of them are actually Christians because there are cults in this world. There are people that say they're Christians that aren't Christians. Jesus says that. He says, many people will come in my name. Many people will say that they're mine. They're not mine. You know, like that happens. That's a thing. So it's probably not even 30%, but like we've done with this statistic before, let's say it is 30%. 30% of people believe in Jesus worldwide. That means worldwide, on average, seven out of every 10 people don't believe in Jesus. They are going to hell. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that when you walk into a room? Do you believe that when you go to a holiday and you see family? Do you, do you, remember, do you remember that then? Do you believe that? Is that true then still? Do you believe that when you run into an old friend from high school or when you're out shopping at the store, do you look around yourself and remind yourself that like seven out of every ten of these people probably don't believe in Jesus? Do you believe that? Like that should terrify us, right? Back in 2017, uh, it was actually 2017, like a week ago in 2017, I was uh, touring with a band that was kind of like my whole, my whole shebang at that time, right? And I was working with my parents part-time, and I was working uh, in a music store part-time. And I was staying up all night and sleeping all day, and I was getting very bogged down and tired, and I felt like garbage, and so I was like, I got to reset. I got to do something about this. So I stayed up all night. And uh, I heard my parents get up that next morning, and so I went down and I, I worked with them in the shop a little bit. We lived above our business. My parents had a cosmetology school, and I worked with them uh, a little bit that day. And my dad said, hey, let's go to the bank. And I said, sure, let's go to the bank. And so I went to the bank with him, and when we got back, he went back into the shop, and I went upstairs to make breakfast. But on my way up, I noticed that the light uh, wasn't working in the hallway, in the stairwell. I thought, that's weird. It's always on. And so I went up, and when I opened the door... My sister walks out of the hallway, and she also, at this time in life, was sleeping all day and staying up all night. And here she stands, and she's like, hey, do you smell smoke? And you know what I did? I turned around, and I walked outside, and I went down to my car, and I sat in the car. And my whole house and business caught on fire, and everybody inside of it died. That's not true. That's not what happened at all. That'd be crazy. My sister said, do you smell smoke? And I said, yeah. Call 911, put on some warm clothes, get the animals, get outside. I went downstairs, I went in the shop, and I said, hey, everybody, I think there's a fire. I think we're having a fire. Everybody's got to get out. And we evacuated the entire building. We searched every room. We got everybody out. Everybody made it out safe. Nobody died. Within 10 minutes, the whole building was up in smoke. It's gone. It was gone. Okay? The reason I tell you that is because... Seven out of every ten people in the world right now is on fire. And they don't know it. They're not aware of it. And the only people that are going to tell them are the people that know they're on fire, and that's us. Right? I, I'm going to quote Penn Jillette. I've told this story before too. But Penn Jillette once had a man walk up to him. Penn Jillette is a, is a uh, magician. He's famous. You know, he's, he's an atheist as well. And a man gave him a Bible once. And he was so happy that that man gave him a Bible because he said, how much would you have to hate somebody that if you really thought that they were going to burn in hell for all eternity, you just never said anything to them? How much would you have to hate that person, Right? 70% of the world is on fire, going to spend an eternity without Jesus right now. What are we going to do about it? And so then the first thought is, oh my gosh, the church must be like making big moves for this, right? Let's think about the like big pastors out there. The pastors like with the most reach, the pastors with like the most ability, the most money, these big mega churches, they got TV shows, they can reach everybody. They've got to be like raising up the saints, equipping them to go out on mission, to go reach the people, to save them, right? They must be informing everybody that like 70% of the world is going to hell if they died right now, right? Like that's got to be forefront, right? no. No, if I turn on Creflo Dollar or T.D. Jakes or I turn on Kenneth Copeland or Stephen Furtick, what are they talking about? They're talking about you. 
They're talking about you and how God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. He wants to make sure you never go without, that you're going to be happy and healthy and wealthy all the days of your life. Just make sure you, you give to that little button down there at the bottom of the screen, calling that number. Just put a dollar in our pocket and God's going to bless you. That's what it's all about. It's all about you. What's the music all about right now? You? Go listen to Christian music right now on the radio right now. People get so mad at me when I talk about this because people love Caleb. Get on Caleb right now. Listen to like 10 songs. And of those 10 songs, count how many times the word me gets said. It's a lot more than it should. Here's the deal. That doesn't mean all Christian music's bad, but that means when we listen to music, Christian music that's centered on me and not the, not God saving all of mankind. Mankind needs saved. Lord, please save us. Lord, thank you for saving us. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Like, give glory to God, right? But if we listen to music that's about me all the time, we can stop and maybe think for a second that my faith is just about me. It's not just about me. There's so many people in this world that don't know Jesus, and so many of us treat our faith as if it's a personal issue. It isn't. It is not. It's for everyone. So what are we doing? Let's look at lo local churches, smaller churches. Okay, those big guys, you know, maybe they're, they've gotten a little too far away from it. What are the small churches doing? You know what we should do this year to get more people in? We should have a concert. We should bring in a, a good guest speaker. We should build a coffee bar. We we should play games. Because if we do those things, people are going to want to come here. They're going to want to be a part of this. They're going to march right in these four walls, and then they're going to know Jesus. We'll just invite them to more events. Those people are enemies of God. They hate God. They love their sin. They're never walking in this building, not in a million years. And if they do, it's an outlier. The best we've got is the top pastors writing self-help books, music about you, and we play games, drink coffee, and have concerts for Jesus. We can do better. We can do better than that. What are we going to do about that? The reason I bring this up is because this has been on our heart heavy. We talked, I gave this like same sermon last year. <laughs> because we're going to keep giving this sermon. Because this is what it's about. At the beginning of the service, you saw roughly 10 pastors, 10, 12 pastors pop up on that screen. We're with this thing called Christ Together now. We've been with them for a little over a year. And what it is, it's this concentrated effort of pastors in the Greenwood area on the south side of Indianapolis coming together who feel like us. Who are saying, look, the world is in trouble. There are people dying. People are on fire and they don't know it. We've got to save them. And they want to do something about it. And we've realized that this issue is much bigger than something New Hope can handle. Something GCC can handle. Something CCG can handle. Something Mount Pleasant can handle. And so... The pastors of this area are coming together and saying, how do we work together to make this happen? What are we going to do about it? We've got to come together. And here's the goal. Here's what we've decided we want to do. We're just Greenwood. We're just Indianapolis, right? We can't go and save the whole world. We can't do that. We're here. We're not in Africa. We're not in, we're not in Asia. We're not in Europe. We're, we're here in Indiana, central Indiana, what do we do? So we decided 
We want to make sure that every person in Indianapolis has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and that they know somebody whose life is currently being changed by Jesus Christ. How will we ever do that? Even if all these churches come together, what's the plan? How are we going to do that? Well, the first part's really cool because it doesn't have anything to do with you or me. The first part is, do you know what actually changes people's hearts? Because that's what this is all about. It's about changing people's hearts. Do you know how we do that? We don't. You and me can't change anybody's heart. Do you know what changes hearts? The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God. It's all God. God changes hearts. God is the one that changes the inside of a person so that they can even come to have faith in him in the first place. So that removes a little bit of that worry for me and you, right? Well, wait, though, how, how do they get the gospel? How's he going to give it to them? Is he going to just like give everybody a vision tonight? They all just going to have a dream and then they're going to come to Jesus? No, he's actually chosen to do it a different way. Something else we say here all the time, it's the Great Commission. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And remember that I'm with you always. And you may think that, about that and go, wait a minute, that's... That's the disciples, Zach. They're special. So I wanted to read this. Acts 8, 1 through 4. It says this. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. That's everybody except the apostles. Godly men buried Stephen and they mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Wait a minute. Those who were scattered. Who was scattered? Everybody except the apostles preached the word everywhere they went. That's everybody, guys. That's all of us. Nobody gets to sit this one out. Everybody has to be a part of this. I'm not going to talk on this much. I honestly didn't even plan on this, but I just remembered, you know, about a year ago, I asked if you were willing, if you would stand and make a commitment to try and disciple three people this year. I'm not going to ask how you did by a show of hands. I just want you to think about it. Are we doing this? Are we going out? Are we actually spreading the gospel to the people around us? Are we actually pouring into people around us? Are we actually teaching them how to pour in to the next person? And you may be thinking, look, Zach, I don't have that much outreach. I'm, I'm just at home. I just go do my little life stuff. I'm not special. I don't have any hobbies. I don't do anything extra. Well, lucky for you, I requested that you all send me some information over the last couple weeks. And I took that information. I asked you if you would give me intersecting streets and addresses. Not all the answers were, that's okay. But I'll say about 70 people actually participated in this study, which means I got 70 times three questions. Now, I couldn't use all the questions because I couldn't find addresses for all the questions, but I got several of them. I'd say maybe like 
half of that. So let's say like, I don't know, let's say like the 120 range, 100 range of answers here. Let's just see what we got. This is what I put on the map. This is where you go on your daily basis. This is your week-to-week life. This is where you live. This is where you work. This is where you find entertainment. I went ahead and did the courtesy of writing down Costco, Sam's Club, every Kroger, and Walmart in the area because they're on there too. I put all the places you go. This took way longer than I wanted it to, but that's us. That's New Hope Church. That's our outreach. If you notice, it's not just the South Side, but look at the South Side, though. That's a lot of South Side. We're all over the place down here, right? Look at it. That's crazy. So to say you don't have outreach, that's just not true. Those are neighbors. Those are people in the store that you're bumping into. Those are your kids. Those are your family members that don't know Christ. Those are coworkers. if you're able to talk about that at work. If you're not, there are other ways. The point is you see people. You meet people. And seven out of every ten of them are going to hell on average. Is that real for you? You may be thinking, wait a minute, how are we going to reach all of Indianapolis? Zach, look, we just got a few little blips around the whole map there. Here's the plan with Christ together. Here's where we're going in the coming years. The point is we want to form enough of a connected unit on the south side and start to see movement happening on the south side. The next move is we go to the east side and say, hey, pastors over here, we're trying to do this thing. We want you and build the same thing on the east side and the west side and the north side and centralize. And the hope is Within 20 years, every person in Indianapolis has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sounds kind of wild, right? Let's make it real. Anybody got a cell phone? Oh, no. Wherever will I find a cell phone? Come on. Anybody? Raise your hand. Who wants to help? Who wants to help? Yeah, you got me here. I can hear you, Stacy. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to type in two. Here on my calculator, you want to get your calculator out on your phone. I want you to hold me accountable and make sure this is right. Each time I add a new year, I want you to click times two equals. Make sense? Okay, here's how this works. Let's just say one person in this room, one person, decides this year I'm going all in for Jesus. I am going to go tell everybody about Jesus. And I'm going to pour into as many people as I can. But let's just say one sticks. Just one. One sticks. One person feels it. One person is as energized as you are through your efforts. And they go, I want to do this too. So you pour into them and you teach them how to do exactly what you just did, which is to go out and just preach the gospel, right? Just go tell people, Jesus died for your sins. He loves you. He wants a part of your life. He wants you to be his. Come to him. You're dying. You need life. That's the message. So this year, we got two people. Got me? Two. Next year, how many people do we have? If they both do the exact same thing we just did, they go and they invest in a bunch of people and just one takes. So each person gets one person every year. Next year, it's four. What about the next year? What about about the next year? Come on. Yeah, what about the next year? 
What about the next year? A little slower. <laughs> next year. <laughs> Let them keep, I'm sorry, man. Next year. Next slide, please. Next year. And the next. And the next. Keep going. There it is. That's 20 years. That's 20 years on the efforts of one person pouring into one other person and then teaching them how to do the exact same thing. Is this perfect? No. Is it going to work exactly like this? Is everybody going to stay this committed? Is it going to like keep the forward motion? Probably not. Not with every case. So the numbers aren't going to be perfect, but you get the idea, right? We can do this. This is doable. This is possible. Can I get that picture of that map one more time? If you look at the south side in the picture of that map, it's super congested. You guys, no, maybe? Yes. Um, like on our south side, we've got all these spots, okay? That's just New Hope Church. We have 10 other churches working with us in this effort. Can you imagine how full the south side would be in that picture? Can you imagine how full the east and west and north and central sides will be in the coming years if we can invest our time and energy into actually believing that people are dying all around us and that they need saved? That's the point here today, guys. The point is, it's going to take the whole church. It's not going to take just new hope. It's going to take a concerted effort. You guys clapped when mine and Jason's faces popped up on that screen. That's great. I love it. Super nice. I want you to get to the point where you clap for every one of those guys. I want you to get to the point where you're praying for every one of those guys. And not just those guys. They're just pastors. We're just pastors. All we can reach is the few people we do. Pray for every single person in every one of those churches, people like you that are trying to go out in their community and make a difference and save this world for Jesus Christ to bring those who are his to him so he can see them, so he can know them, so that they can know him. Pray that God would, would impact the lives of these people to soften their hearts so that they would believe. These need to be our prayers this coming year. This needs to be our heart. And it's going to take you it's going to take the whole church, and it's going to take you. And I'm not going to get into what that looks like too much. I'm going to let Mike Wigan talk about that. He's one of the other pastors in this collective. He's going to be here next week, and he's going to preach on that. I'm going to let him talk about that. But I pray in the meantime that you would think about what this could really look like if we just did what we were asked to do, not even asked, commanded to do by Jesus. And I want to get one more shameless plug in because I have the floor at the moment. Um, we do this class here called Hope Dealer. We've done three classes, and three classes I think I've had probably 20-ish people go through it, maybe 25. There's a lot more people in this church than that. The whole class is centered around this concept. When I run into somebody, how do I talk about Jesus with them? How do I start a conversation 
to talk about Jesus. How do I do that without stealing the conversation and looking like an idiot? How do I do that without being overbearing? How do I read the room? Do I even know the basis upon which to talk to them? Do I even understand the gospel enough to tell somebody else about it? And if you think you know enough, you probably don't. And it helps to be in a room with other people talking about this, talking about the things you're doing on a day-to-day basis to try and reach people for the gospel. I am asking you to please consider signing up for this class. The sign-up is out front in the foyer. We are expecting everyone in this church to take this class. That is what we want. We need to. And here's the deal. You may be the smartest, most educated, best evangelist in the world, but if you don't understand the language that we're all using when we talk about these things, you're out of the loop and you're not efficient. You're not helpful. So at the very least, you have to know what the words we're saying, what they mean, and how we're talking about this. You're never too young. You're never too old. We need you. Please. Um, I'd like to pray. That's all right with you. Father, please soften our hearts. Please help us see that there are people around us that are dying, that they don't have you. And honestly, Lord, help us to see that most people don't have you. Lord, like, we should just assume when we meet somebody that they don't know you. That should be where we're at, Lord. Please put that on our hearts. Please use us, Lord. We want to do your purposes. And if we don't want to do your purposes, Lord, then make us want to do your purposes, Lord. Use us, please. Father, I ask that you would reveal to each one of us right now what what it is you're putting on our heart this week. It's going to look different for every one of us. Father, I pray that you would show us how this is tangible, how this can be done in, in each one of our actual lives, not just in some weird hypothetical universe, but like in reality, how can we do this? And who's going to hold us accountable to this? We need to lean on one another to make sure this gets done. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.